Welcome to Nervous Rex. It's the Neon Genesis Evangelion podcast. That's 50% rewatch, 50% first time watch, and 100% trauma. We're on episode 18, uh, which means the trauma is 100%. My name is Joe. I use Amy and all pronouns. Uh, my name is Chris. I use he, him pronouns. And I, I've noticed a thing this time that we get yawny i feel like no matter what time of day we record this i'm starting to come to the conclusion this show might just do that to you it's exhausting (laughs) and i don't mean that as like a in a negative sense it's just you process a lot of information in like 20 minutes i don't feel exhausted ever but there has to be something to the fact that whether we do it in the morning the evening the afternoon like we are always uh yawny people when we record this show yeah, yeah, between between the episode ending and then actually starting recording, there's like There's like at least yawns. four yawns, yeah. yeah. But anyways, we're here. Uh episode 18 of the program. Chris has informed me that it's my turn to do the recap part. I just trust him. I have never once kept track of it ever. So if the next 5 episodes they just keep saying it's me, I will just roll with it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyways, episode 18 picks up the next day after we left off, if you remember all the speculation of the fourth child and, uh, how it was definitely Toji. This episode continues to not confirm it with dialogue. It's, it confirms it with a million visual choices. It also, it starts with the unit three. It's all, like, black and purple. It's very sleek. Uh, the, the Eva unit three being transported in a T-pose. In a, in a crucifixion pose, flown across the sky. It starts with English dialogue, and we thought we fucked up. <laughs> we thought we were watching the dub accidentally, but which I have to wonder what the dub does with this is coming from the U.S., but everything's already in English. Yeah, who knows? But but then it uh, we see Masato leaving Shinji and talking to him briefly about like, hey, I'm gonna go to this uh, this test facility at uh, Matsu Matsushiro. Where that she's gonna test with the next, the the unit three with the fourth child. She tries to tell Shinji who the fourth child is. It's very difficult, but right before she does, someone knocks on the door and it's it's Kinsuke, who begs to be the fourth child, and uh, she just makes a a goofy anime face, and then we cut away from it, and then they go to, you know, it's just kind of a lot of setup. There's like a day of school where they're like, hey, Toji's acting weird. Like, Kinsuke's complaining about not being the fourth child, and Toji's like, oh, yeah, weird. They reveal that Toji did this. Um, like, it's it's Ritsuko and Misato talking, and they reveal that Toji is, like, not super enthusiastic about it. Um, it's like, oh, I hope Shinji doesn't find out just from Toji telling him, and, or, well, just from them telling him. Again, like, they don't say his name or any, anything. Um, it's like, oh, he's not really excited about it. I don't think he's going to brag about it. He only did it un- under the circumstances that his sister be moved to, to the, the nerve hospital, which I guess is, I don't know if it's a nicer hospital or if it's just paid for, they don't really specify. I assumed watching it that it would just be like a better hospital, but I just now realized now thinking about it, that it might be that if there's anywhere that's supposed to be safe from the damages of the battles that happen, it would be nerve headquarters. That's also possible. I suppose now that I'm thinking about it too, talking about the sister is probably the, like it's enough of confirmation. They just they really just go about not saying his name. Yeah. 
And interestingly enough, he doesn't have like a, a single spoken line in this episode either. He the at least if, does, but it's like in flat, well, There's one in a flashback. Doesn't he like respond verbally to Kensuke, even though he's kind of like not paying attention? I'm pretty sure oh, he does yeah. like speak to him, but other than oh, that, yeah. yeah, he yeah he says something there, and then is it him that says the married couple aren't fighting when Jessica yes. comes in? Okay, yeah. So I'm wrong, but that's that's it. <laughs> he doesn't speak much. So yeah, so that happens. Asuka comes in. Asuka knows. She also doesn't tell Shinji at any given opportunity. Kaji is babysitting Shinji and Asuka in, in Masato's place, but luckily it's fine. And I think the, the only re- like real thing that comes of that is Shinji asking him some questions because they're, they're sleeping in the same room and it's like, hey, Kaji, are you asleep? And he's like, no. Uh, and he's like, what's my dad like? And he talks a little bit about that but basically all he says is like no one can and can fully understand anyone else like you may think that you've learned things in the past uh, 18 episodes but like really it's impossible to understand anyone else fully let alone yourself and he's like well don't you understand Masato and he's like oh god no I super don't so that's that happens. Um, what else happens in the first half? There is one shot of, uh, there's a lot of shots, actually, of Hikari, like, bringing food for Toji and then being disappointed that he's not around at lunch hour, including um, a shot of Toji outside during lunch hour, thinking back to when he punched Shinji in, uh, what was it, episode three or something? Whenever episode he first showed up, he punches Shinji for uh, piloting the robot, and he thinks back to that. Uh, it doesn't really say anything. There's a Nice shot of a basketball alone in a dark court. Just a good shot. I think it. I think it uh, is a good parallel to how the last episode ended. I didn't see that shot. I'm sad I missed it. I might have been like writing down notes or something when it it's, happened. It's, yeah, it's super quick. I, th- I think it might be while the bell is ringing if there's any sound going on. But it, it's brief. And yeah, I mean, there's there's a shot where Shinji and Kinski are having lunch up on like the roof or whatever it is they go and they're talking about like oh yeah the unit three is already here um so they probably do have a pilot and they're like i wonder who it is kinsuke half joking says like i wonder if it's toji you know he's he's he's, he hasn't been around as much lately and shinji's like oh no way couldn't possibly be him i don't know why he says that i'm assuming it's like oh they couldn't pick toji or i would know about it not sure what his line of thinking is there but that's his response. And then the testing starts with Unit 03, and it does not go well. It immediately starts to uh, react poorly to the synchronization tests and becomes an angel. Like an angel, you know, is controlling this unit or however. I don't, I don't know what your interpretation of it was, like possession or control or what. Are you asking what my... They, they use the word possess. I kind of like... There's some, like, they show some, like, weird goopy stuff at some point, and I kind of assumed that, like, that was the angel's form, and, like, anything that it was, like, gooping onto, it could kind of, like, control. Yeah, it's it's intentionally vague, visually, and they don't really say anything out of it, other than, like, oh, shit, now an angel is controlling this Eva, and so Mas- it, the research facility gets, you know, busted up, so Masato and, and Rits- Ritsuko and everyone else are kind of, uh, out of commission, and that means that Gendo is now in charge of this mission as our three EVA pilots are sent out to take care of uh, the 13th Angel. There's also some nice 
during the setup stuff, there's some nice usage of like English in the left channel, Japanese in the right channel. Just a nice touch of like, yeah, there there are people from the U.S. who worked on this Eva specifically. But anyways, the the thirteenth angel is is now infected, whatever or however we want to call it. It is marching towards Nerve, and Gendo is in control of these Eva units, saying, "Hey, we're no longer like we're no longer calling it the the you know unit O three. It's not an Eva anymore. It is the thirteenth angel. So we're gonna." take care of it they try to eject the plug the entry plug does not work it gets like gooped up in spider spider-man's webs or whatever and it won't like disconnect at all if like, they can't do anything from nervous point of view so they're like all right just fucking destroy it with with our other three evas and shinji's like i don't i don't think i can do that there's like there's a person in there right there's like a child our age in there and asuka's like wait you don't know who's in there it's and then before she says it, uh, she gets cut off. At first, I thought Nerve was cutting her off. I think they did. Well, that's what it seemed like. But then immediately after, uh, she was just taken out by the angel. Like I don't cuts. know. They they said she was ejected. I kind of assumed that Nerve ejected her. I don't know. Maybe that's wrong. I the thing is, I would completely believe if Nerve ejected her at that point. But I feel like their first priority would be just taking out the the, the angel. So I don't know. Because it's just like, she's going to say it, but then, yeah, then her we see Unit 02 on the ground. Yeah, I guess I angel. just didn't get any, like, I didn't get a sense from the way they set up the episode that, like, I didn't understand, if, if, if her Ava was supposedly in between uh, the rogue Unit 3 and Shinji, I didn't understand that. They didn't make me feel like, like the angel had gotten to her. It felt yeah, like I it was like know. a completely separate thing. I did not know where, I mean, we, I, we do see Unit... O2 on the ground and the angel walk by. Like, we do see that, but before that, no, I had no fucking clue where she was. Yeah. And similarly, I didn't know where Ray was until they were like, hey, Ray, it's coming towards you next. And then, uh, she, we, we see a quick little, like, she's trying to shoot it, but she, like, I don't know if she just can't bring herself to or is waiting for the right moment, but then it just, like, jumps into the air and then becomes, like, instant transmissions on top of ray uh and well her her eva unit and um it starts to like infect her arm like the ooze is dripping down onto it from from the angel and they disconnect the arm from the robot which uh well ginda orders that and they're like oh we have to we have to you know do a bunch of system stuff first or else it'll injure the pilot he doesn't give a shit uh so they do that so it, it seems to imply that it feels like her arm is being just broken off from the joint uh because the last shot we see of her is her holding it in pain and then the angel marches on to shinji who is like i don't i don't think i can fight this thing there's a person in there i can't do it gendo's like if you don't do it you die and it's like it you know the fact that there's a person in there is irrelevant it's an angel now so the angel is like holding unit 01 shinji's robot down like by the throat we can see marks appearing on Shinji's throat because his body is like responding to the feeling of being choked. Now that now that I've seen the Matrix, I can just compare it to that, where they're just like, <laughs> "Oh yeah, your brain convinces you that it's real, even if yeah. it's not real." Same yeah. same logic. Uh, took us eighteen episodes, but that's happening, and he's like, "I don't, I don't think I can do it. I don't think I can fight back." Gendo's like, "You have to." He says no, so he says, "Cut synchronization between Shinji and the robot. Use the dummy plug." So we see the dummy plug in action. Um, it says Ray on it, 
when we see it light up. So Shinji's entire cockpit goes dark and then it goes red. So he can still see out of the cockpit. That's an important detail for the rest of this episode. He is not in control, but he can see everything the robot does. And as the dummy plug takes control, it just similar to the first fight where we see Eva one go berserk. This just starts mercilessly like destroying this angel. First, it like grabs its throat back and then breaks its neck at which its arms drop down off of Eva 01. And then it just like throws it around and then continues to rip it apart. Like uh, what's the like ripping organs out of whatever was in there. Uh, and this, I mean, at one point this was an Eva unit. We, I don't know the process of going from Eva to angels weird, but, um, or at least it's vague. It's not explained what the fuck is happening. But it's just being, you know, destroyed. Like, it busts its head open. Like, it explodes. Blood goes everywhere. It's It's brutal. real gross. Yeah, it's awesome. It's, it's it, yeah, it's, it goes from zero to a hundred real fast. And they do that in an episode where we know a child is in it. Uh, not, not only that, like, sh- like, Shinji's watching this happen, knowing that there's a child in the robot that it's happening to. We don't really see Shinji during the process. We don't until we see Shinji after, but I think it's important. Like they do establish that he can see it and he shouts. We hear his voice shouting at Gendo to stop it. I think we actually do see Shinji one more time because the ending of this sequence. Also, it points out that people at Nerve can't even watch it. Like it's way too much. Gendo smiles, though, at one point. And uh, that, that sequence ends with Unit 01 picking up the entry plug from what was unit 03 and Shinji's staring at it and it's like no don't do this but then the unit 01 crushes it in his hand and that's 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 that that's the angel uh that's the angel fight and um the episode uh has one final sequence where it confirms that Masato is alive there were there were some survivors from the situation at uh, Masushiro um, Kaji's there and says Ritsuko is also safe uh, and he explains that Unit 03 was destroyed by Unit uh, 01 and Masato immediately is like sobbing and upset like I, oh fuck this sucks this sucks real bad never told him who was in there don't know if he figured it out but even if he did figure it out it happened and uh, the last the ending of the episode is a conversation where Masato is calling Shinji Shinji's still in the robot mind you and she is explaining like she's tr- she's about to explain who the the pilot is um we hear a, a a voice coming through the radio saying that the pilot is confirmed to still have life signs so that the pilot of unit 03 is alive and before Masato can confirm who the pilot is Shinji sees him being dragged out of the entry plug uh and just he says Toji and then there's like several silent beats and uh, the to-be-continued stinger comes up while we hear Shinji's patented blood-curdling scream. And that's the episode. We'll see you in two weeks, everybody. <laughs> this episode was, was incredible. It's, it's, it's incredibly powerful, yes. It's awesome. It's, it's so good. Yeah, it's, it, it completely, like, a million things have been set up for the, the horrific things that happen in it. And it completely lands the tone and the the action, the violence, all of it works. Yeah, this is one of the best episodes of the show. I think I I think easily. 
I, yeah, and I think it's it's worth saying that, like it looks great. Like there's a lot of really striking shots. You missed the basketball one, I know, which I think yeah. I think it's even more brilliant than the last one because I think the last episode, the way it this is the only basketball talk in the episode. Um, even though I have seen uncut gems and it made me want to get into basketball, it's that good of a movie. Um, <laughs> the the contrast between like Toji centering himself by making this shot and like even like without like even in that weird pose, he gets it right away and he's like unsatisfied by it or like it kind of bounces off the backboard it's not like a perfect shot but like that being him centering himself and then halfway through this episode we just see a basketball alone in a dark room it's just like so ominous <laughs> yeah that's great as as like set up for like what's going to happen like he's not doing that either either it's like showing that he's not centered or that like it's just going to be left untouched but it's there and i think it's 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 good. It's a good shot. Yeah. And then, yeah, there's like everything in this episode is good. Like the usage of the few shots Hikari's in. Like, oh, I didn't even mention in the recap. Um, in between, like, I think it cuts from the entry plug being destroyed to Hikari, like, planning her meal for the next day and saying, I hope yeah. he shows up. Yeah. Forgot about that. That's also a very uh, <laughs> bummer sequence. So yeah. What, you, you, I... you think it's good. Yeah, I think it's very good. Um, one other thing on the basketball thing is I didn't see it, but like you know, it also kind of evokes like Toji's gone and like and uh, basketball and like the court is like evocative of like you know like growing up, like childhood or whatever, and like so like him leaving the basketball behind to go off and do this really dangerous adult thing. That's part of it too. Um, I wish I would have seen it. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try and look it up and send it to you. Okay. Uh, the thing you were saying about that other scene reminds me so part of what i wanted to bring up is like it's it's a weird thing because even even during it i i was like mostly emotionally affected by it but then there's a part of me that's hesitating like they're not showing him he's not dead um so like that the scene where it still it still rings well like when she's like oh like i hope he you know comes to eat tomorrow i'm like you know that like if nothing else like you know, it's a fucked up situation. But then, like, I end up thinking that the way they end up doing it, where they did reveal that he's alive, and, like, the way that they execute that was better than anything else they could have done. Like, for example, like, there are ways that that could have gone where it's like, oh, he's still alive. That would have felt kind of cheap. Because that's what I was kind of, like, looking out for the whole time. I was like, well, like, they're not showing it. So, like, I'm kind of emotionally engaging in this, like, most of the way. But there's also, like, I don't buy it. Like, I don't think he's dead. Yeah, it's, and it's just ways very intentionally, like, vague. There's ways that that could have been disappointing, too. Like, there's ways that it could have been, like, oh, that's kind of a flat thing, and, like, oh, he's just alive now. But, like, they did it in a way that you got the, um, you got the emotional feelings of watching him maybe be dead, and then even the reveal that he's alive is still tinged with, like, sadness and, and, like, Shinji's anger at his dad and, like, all this other stuff. And so it, it works great the way they did it. Like, you get the best of both worlds. In a world where it could have been, he could have just been dead, or it could have been, like, oh, he's alive, so none of that mattered. Like, they hit the mm -hmm. perfect balance of the, the when you're watching him maybe be dead, it hurts and you feel it, and then when he's alive, you don't feel like, you don't really feel either of like, oh, thank God he's alive, or, um, oh, I guess that didn't mean anything. It's like, okay, thank God he's alive, but also you feel the way that Shinji feels. Because also part of it is like the visuals, like seeing Toji all fucked up like that hurts. Like, seeing that particular yeah. character... 
like being dragged out of this thing and he's covered in like i don't even know it's like maybe blood but also just kind of just like goop from the inside of the thing like maybe like uh what's that shit called the um, lcl yeah like whatever it is he looks messed up and it's sad like to mm-hmm. watch him in that state yeah it's like it's like because all those feelings set up with like shinji watching it uh and then being like oh thank god they're alive and then all of that being stacked on top of it being someone he knew and frankly alive doesn't mean much like his sister's been alive this whole show but in the hospital yeah true so like technically speaking still suffering still had to suffer because nerve did it and gendo pushed it into like we don't know if there was anything else that nerve could have done but surely they could have said okay it stopped we're not gonna mutilate it anymore yeah like it it went so far beyond um also i did yeah. send you the the shot of the basketball here that i found oh that's great yeah that's really that's a really good shot it's uh six minutes in but yeah um that's very good it, that's that's interesting because then you wonder yeah what is gendo's motivation for doing it the way that he chooses to do it it's the whole back half of this episode is awesome i could just gush about it like the the moment Please when do. the moment when like it's it, it switches to the red and like the dummy plugs being activated and and shinji turns and sees that it's like labeled raid is like, what the hell are you doing gendo like it's oh, it's so good and mm-hmm. like it really spells out something fascinating too that um it's not just, like, letting the Ava do its own thing results in this horrific display of violence, but it's, like, a, an Ava that is copied by a, a co- or program piloted by a copy of Ray is the one doing this horrific display of violence. That's really interesting. Like, because, like, they said it's not, like, perfect, but it's basically modeled after that pilot. And so, like, to a degree, that's what Ray would do, like, to some degree, and that's really messed up yeah it's interesting we know so little about the dummy plug system like they've been saying it for who knows how many episodes now just kind of in the background machinations and like we we know that it is a simulation of race specifically yeah that that they've been working on and they were like oh it's just enough to convince the robot that, that there's something in it um but yeah then this is what we finally get the payoff for that setup and it's just brutal and having that paired with is that is that Ray in there? Like they say that they can't duplicate personality. It's just, you know, it's it's just the bare minimum. So it's like, is that is that because it's Ray? Is that just is that just the Eva going? Who I mean, who could say it sucks? <laughs> and it's uh, I think yeah, I think the switch from red is extremely good. Uh, like especially in an episode that has like a lot of blood in it. Yeah, like it's a very it's very blood. it's very striking that Shinji is just in this red void now with a window to to a massacre that he is not doing but also he could he's gonna feel like he's doing yeah and those shots like i i also say that it's not in the way that it's like glorifying it and it's it's taking away from the like emotional segment of it but those shots are dope where like the blood is just splashing all over like uh stoplights and like uh, all the stuff in the environment like it's yeah it's like Like, it's like the episode where he like escapes from the void shadow and it's uh it's uh, like raining blood literally and it's 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 extremely well directed and animated but it's like it's gruesome it's not like it's so gross yeah yeah it, it's 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 really just like it, it's perfectly captured but horrific <laughs> 
yeah, all of the action in this episode is great. Particularly, like oh, it's it's, Toji- it's it's so terrifying. It's it's perfectly like done. The uh the Ava that Toji's in does this like flipping drop kick to Shinji like that ruled and like just watching them like um like throw each other around by the neck and like whatever else like it was it was incredibly well choreographed and animated uh action that felt like it had real weight to it and it felt like huge ramifications from every blow like especially like that thing's fucking head exploded when uh it was the dummy plug was punching it like i i did not expect how much detail would come of it i didn't expect it to explode but let alone like how detailed that explosion was like it goes from zero to a hundred in a way that like i don't think i like this show is not like sugar-coated by any means there's been gore before there's been brutal stuff like in one of the first episodes the way that uh eva one's arms break is like weirdly brutal but this is still like a a weirdly new bar i think yeah it hadn't been like this and i love that shot that you you alluded to where the the nerve employee the woman at her desk just like turns away and puts her head in her arms like that's Mm -hmm. that's a great moment we see so many nerve employees we've never fucking seen before just because it has to show how many people are terrified of what's happening (laughs) yeah it's awesome uh and and and, yeah it's the whole back i mean front front half of this is like fine but the back half is like i was literally all my notes are basically just like holy shit this is incredible oh my god like mm-hmm. it, like i couldn't believe how much it went from like oh this is just an episode of the show to like how ratcheted up it gets like they throw in the extra heat of the the um ava being an angel inside the facility and it blows it up and i was like holy shit this is a much different episode than i thought we were watching like here we mm-hmm. go and then it's like non-stop from then on out i thought that was awesome by the way that the twist of it being because like now in hindsight now I'm like, oh yeah, like what did I think was gonna happen? It was kind of a weird thing. Like, all right, like the whole thrust of these episodes, there's just a new robot. Why is there a new robot? What's gonna happen from here? Why is that really that like, there's, yeah, necessary there's like and exciting weird, right now? There's weird tension bubbling up because it's coming here because shit went bad at the U.S. location. We don't know why. We just know they are testing a new engine. Shit exploded, and now it's coming to to Nerve, uh, in in Tokyo Three. That's it. Yeah. Uh, but it's. It, yeah, it's like there's this weird bubbling up, but it's never like that's never our focus because our the show is character driven. Our focus is Toji, so we're just like, yeah, we're like, oh, what's Toji gonna do? Like, it's right. It, what is what is going to happen? But then it all kind of like immediately wraps itself up into Toji isn't a robot that is now turning into an angel, and it's and it's this perfectly structured like horror sequence because like Shinji doesn't know and he has to fight it. Or else, like, everyone else has already been knocked out. It's so, like, the way it, like, slowly marches is menacing in a way that I, I don't know, all the angels are, like, weirdly slow. Yeah. Like, except for maybe the weird tongue one. Except when they're fighting. Then they're really quick. But, like, they're actually, like, it's zero to a hundred. Yeah. And, and, like, it's, it's, like, a little, like, Shakespearean, the fact that, like, everyone knows but Shinji and he's in this like dilemma like mm-hmm. but it's but it's also a great character moment because despite not knowing who it is it is like this faceless child to him he's still like I'd rather die than kill that person mm-hmm. like uh which is which is great and you know, there's such so many good Gendo lines too it's like anything's better than the pilot like when they're like talking about the dummy ta- the dummy plug isn't like complete and he's basically yeah. just like my son's worthless literally just get him out of this like uh because it because he won't fight it and like Gendo's so calm he's like why aren't you fighting Shinji like it's mm-hmm. oh it's so good yeah and it's I think I think there's so much value that comes from this episode happening with Gendo in control and not Masato yes and that's that's what I was gonna say about the what that's kind of what I was building towards with um 
the, talking about the the Ava and stuff. It's like this was this whole thing, this whole time has been building up to this really important show changing thing of of Shinji being almost forced to kill one of his friends by his dad. But you don't have any idea until this episode. You're just like, well, something's happening, but I don't really know what. Like, because mm-hmm. like you said, they distract you with just the character stuff. Because if it was just the plot stuff, it'd be like, I don't really care about this like new robot. I don't really get why this is such a big deal. But it's like it never was. It's 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 putting everything into place so we can get to the really important stuff, which is like finally putting like the straw that breaks the camel's back between Shinji and Gendo. Like the, yeah. this episode ends and I'm like, Shinji's going to fucking kill his dad. Like this is like, shit's real now. Like this was the, 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 the juice that like the, the, this kicks on the engine of the whole show to me. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen, but my impression of it is that like, the, yeah, this like, is a really important event. There has been so much like second act spinning, but this is such a huge catalyst in a way that I don't think we've seen before. Yeah. And it was set up really well. I had no idea it was coming. I didn't realize mm-hmm. how important all this stuff was until it was already happening. Yeah, like, like the last episode, I was tense the whole fucking time because I didn't know if that was the episode where he got in the robot. Toji, okay. I mean. Yeah. But even still, like, the way that that episode sets up so many things, and I never get, like, bored, I just feel like it's just winding up a clock. I, um, there will be no Star Wars takes on this podcast, but... I unless you donate to the Orange Ghost Patreon and hear all the Star Wars takes that have been removed from the podcast. Uh, but I, I I think about Ryan Johnson a lot with this because the Last Jedi the Last Jedi is maybe too long of a movie. I think it's it's really good, but uh, it does so much work in its first half. It is doing so much set off, and it all pays off. It's a very rewarding movie in my opinion. But it just Ryan Johnson just really does work in the first half of his movies, and I think. So, like between episodes 17 and 18 of this program i think it's just it's doing a lot of work and then it just rewards it in one big sweep yeah like everything everything connects back and, and pays off in a in, in a terrifying sequence of events there's something i can't put my finger on too that really works for me about the fact that um we never see toji in the robot at all yeah it's plus well, the thing almost... like they never quite like with the exception of mentioning the sister they never specifically say that there's always a chance it's not him. I mean, I didn't even feel like that. I, I knew it's him, but there's something. Of that's course, still, we know. Like, like, of course, we know. Of course, it is. It's not going to introduce a new character, but there's still like a sliver there that I think does something when we're viewing Shinji's point of view. Because Shinji doesn't know, and we are like, it's got to be him. I just had like a different experience where I was like, like I, I like. It's just it's operating fully on the fact that you know it's him, but Shinji doesn't. But then there's part of it that makes it even more sad because like I feel like a shot of Toji in the robot or even getting into it would take away something from this like this feeling of almost like a person you know is off to war and like you know mm-hmm. they're out there doing something hard and dangerous and scary, but you don't actually see it happening. So like part of it just like you're seeing this this shell that you know Toji's inside, but you never see him. Like mm-hmm. I think it's really effective. Yeah, I think I think there's something about. And I think this is maybe similar to how we didn't see Shinji in the first few episodes after Evo 01 goes berserk. I think there is like, and we don't really see Shinji in this episode after the dummy plug turns on. I think this show is really good about visually conveying agency. And I think, yeah, we yeah. don't like the last thing we see of, of Toji, not counting the, the final shot of him being pulled out dead or not dead, but beaten up. But like, the last shot we see of him is like looking up to the sun and thinking about when he punched Shinji. Like that's his the final introspection we get of Toji before he commits to this job project, however you want to spin it. But then yeah, we see we see a dummy plug go into the robot 
it immediately breaks bad and immediately gets, you know, it just goes into sicko mode and the place blows up and it starts going to nerve. There's some like I, I, I keep looking at this like uh like featured screenshot from the episode that's on the wiki page that's uh Eva they're or the angel Eva three, whatever you want to call it, marching towards, but it's got like the sun behind it and it's so red. Yeah, that shot reminded me of like the almost like the covers of the old Romero movies, like Dawn of the Dead or even Day of the Dead. Like it kind of evokes the, that. For this, me. The silhouette, but the the eyes shining are it, yeah, it's so evocative and and like horrific and menacing. And like that's what Shinji sees when he's saying like, but there's like a there's someone in there's a child in that thing. Yeah, yeah, which is that's that's a good point. The the way that it's a big red circle, I don't know if it's trying to evoke the Japanese flag in in the sense that this is a robot that is coming from the U.S. I have no idea, but it's just a, like, there's there's no other connective thread there outside of, well, I guess that's all true. Like, it is a robot that was made in the U.S. coming here. I don't know if it means anything, but... The, the... I, wouldn't, I wouldn't think so in this case, just because the main thrust of it, in terms of, like, for me, is is actually, like, Gendo is the real villain of that Oh, sequence. absolutely. So, like, I feel like it's not necessarily trying to comment on, like, the, even the Ava that much at that point. I mean, obviously the angel's a threat, but, like, Mm -hmm. the real thrust of that is, like, Gendo is making Shinji do something immoral that he doesn't want to do. Like, yeah, I I think, I think it's just a coincidence in the sense that, like, the use of red is very evocative in the whole episode because it's also in Shinji's pilot and it's also, there's a lot of blood that follows that sequence. I think it's just I think it's just a coincidence, but it is a thought that crossed my mind. Sure, I was like, in- yeah, absolutely. Inter- interesting framing. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and they're definitely in. You know, like to your credit, like they could have shown the sun the sun in a lot of different states, but they specifically chose it when it's like at its full circle and red. You know, like so like, it could be yeah. like they they could have put a fucking cloud in front of it if they didn't want it to be that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like all of it's by by choice. Um. So yeah, yeah but the, I I think it's I think it is just the the menacing minimalism of the silhouette and the starkness of the red that uh like you like you compared to romero i think it's i think it's just that but yeah um you mentioned the the scene where toji's flashing back to when he punched uh shinji and i i'm sure there's tons of ways you could read that but i really like that scene because the way that i read it was that um uh, toji's taking a second to like think about how he might become the person that someone else might want to punch. Like he's now in the position of responsibility that he didn't understand before. But like mm-hmm. from his angle, he does understand. Like he knows like I'm going to have to do things that might result in someone's loved one being hurt or killed to where they will have the same feelings towards me that I had towards Shinji. And mm-hmm. like his, his new perspective on that, that's how I read it. And I thought that was really uh, nice. And yeah. Good. Yeah. I think, I think he is like coming to terms with like that, that paradigm shift is like, now I'm going to be in that seat that I was critical of so long ago and how, you know, depressingly ironic it is that what actually happens is Shinji now has to again, be in this spot of, of responsibility so much so that he doesn't even live up to that responsibility. He's like, no, I can't do it. Um, but the, it, it ends up with him again, hurting now both of these siblings. Although I, I Shinji didn't really do it so much as it happened to him. Yeah. Which, to be fair, I mean, he went berserk in the first time too. So maybe it, I don't even blame him for the in the first place. A lot, a lot of a lot of things in this show that are attributed to Shinji are not in any way his fault. Yeah, I don't blame Shinji for shit except like trying to break into Ray's house twice. Like that's, that's weird. Yeah, he doesn't know how to inter- interact with people. But I almost it's hard to blame him for that because it's like, yeah, no, he's never had a decent human interaction ever. 
other than maybe that one time Shinji bought him a drink and or uh, Kaji bought him a drink and and showed him some watermelons. That was nice. Yeah, well, I mean, like, we're we're splitting hairs at this point, but like to be fair, like Toji Lord tells him at the door, you shouldn't do that. And he does it anyway. But like that's oh yeah yeah yeah, it's hardly weird. important for this episode's <laughs> discussion. But yeah, um, I I do feel like. I we're, ta- we're talking couple... about like robot war crimes is the thing <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. no and i i even i had like a strong reaction like when he said like um geno made me do it i i you know destroyed whatever i wanted just like as someone watching i was like oh fuck like why can't you just tell masada you, that it wasn't you that like that um masada's you, also like, was broken right now is the thing yeah, I just, I just like wanted there to be clarity between the characters, like not mm-hmm. even in a way like I'm critiquing it, but just like me as a person engaged in it, like I, it, oh, yeah. as if it were real. I was like, someone tell Masato that it was the dummy plug and Gendo, it's Gendo's fault, not Shinji. Shinji didn't actually do it. Like I just that's wanted a, yeah. like that to be out there. And and I think that's why it's so upsetting is because that is what yeah. we want. We want clarity to come. We want everyone to be on the same page and the wounds to be healed. But in reality, what we get is. Masato sobbing that this happened, not knowing it was the dummy plug, trying to talk to Shinji, and Shinji feeling like he did it. His choice of words are, you know, like, like maybe Shinji even too is processing, like, if I just did it myself, it could have not been as bad. Because that's the uh, thing. Maybe. It, it, it goes from, like, I can't fight this thing at all to completely eviscerated. Yeah. yeah. Like, if, you, if, you're someone, if you're someone listening... To this podcast and not watching the show, I know there are some of you out there. If you've never seen it before, Riley Hopkins, I can't understate how bad it gets. Yeah, the the the, the dummy plug pilot Ava fucks that thing up. It's gnarly. Yeah, yeah, and I, I you mentioned it earlier, but I, thinking about it more, I really like that um, that Ray also pauses and doesn't do it because like I feel like up to this point, the show has made me personally feel like she's a little bit more follow orders machine than person and this was a great opportunity to show that she is still a person who even when ordered by um the person she respects and seems to just kind of do whatever he says and like he follows nervous orders and stuff, she did pause and she's like i don't want to do it either like that mm-hmm. really did a lot for me in terms of endearing me more to ray i didn't like i never disliked ray but i just like i would have thought of her previously as like well i guess i'm gonna do it and this oh she didn't like yeah she she's just intentionally characterized as like cold and hard to understand um but yeah like the last episode has her being like did i just thank someone that's weird and then to this episode to hesitating to shooting the robot so much so much so that she gets taken out it's uh yeah it's it's interesting it's interesting that like that is also being set up and built towards during all this like there really there really isn't a wasted moment in uh in in this episode or the last one i don't think it's it's funny too in the buildup during this episode. It normally like you'd critique this kind of thing because I don't I don't remember seeing it. Maybe we did, but like one of the characters says like, "Oh well, Ray and Toji have been spending a lot of time together," and like I don't think we saw that. So normally I'd be like, "Well, like I don't know. That's kind of like cheating to just be like, yeah, they have." But like um, even just hearing that detail, it worked for me when she is hesitating. Like, oh, that's like it plays mm-hmm. into this. Like she has been spending time with Toji. I guess I guess I just took the show's word for it, and it worked enough. I, for, I, like, I, oh, yeah, like, I already forgot because I did not mention that Asuka and Hikari have a conversation for a minute because Hikari's like, hey, I have a, I have a crush on Toji, but I'm worried that he likes Ray. And Asuka's like, Ray doesn't know how to read human interaction. You don't have to worry about that. Yeah. And because she also was like, yeah, like Shinji doesn't know how to interact with a human being. And she calls him an idiot for it. And it's an interesting shot that cuts away to a sandbox 
And I'm like, hmm, interesting. These are children. Yeah, I, yeah, I didn't know what to to make of that. Um, I, I, that, that I, I really, I really just shot. read that scene as like, well, one, I, I think like the the shot of something connected with with childhood is is while talking about Shinji not being able to connect with people is just like, yeah, he's had a rough childhood. He kind of has parts from that are like a child because he has not like simultaneously there there is like. This is this is a common thing in, in like media and characters like Shinji where like from a child they are being forced to be an adult. So when they get to adulthood, they are still kind of like a child because they've been in the one spot for so long. Um, and I think Shinji and Asuka both deal with that in different ways. But it's it's messy. They're very nuanced and messy characters. And, Shin- and, and, As- and Asuka is just very bitter about everything when it comes to Shinji. I was honestly distracted from that shot by how amused I was that uh, Asuka's line is, he's adult and an idiot, too. Yeah, she, just, she like, doubles that's up. That's so her. That's so her to just be like, he's stupid and dumb. Like, just, <laughs> like, just like I love that. That was awesome. I, I actually, I've, I've mostly just been glowing. I do have a few criticisms, and then I have a couple more positives I can come back to. you. Um, yeah, let's, let's get into the criticisms. But- so, uh, for one, right off the bat, you know women, always talking about how women's hearts are hard to understand. That was a terrible, I hate lines like that. We're just like, oh, a man oh. like clearly wrote this. Like, oh yeah, oh, yeah, Masato says that. Yeah, she's like, oh, Shinji, women's hearts are so hard to understand. I was like, no one talks like that. Yeah, I, it kind of just glossed over me where I was like, yeah, Masato is in her own way. <laughs> I, I couldn't even read that as Masada. I was like, oh, the man controlling Masada like a sock puppet is that way. I didn't, but I, I think I understand yeah. that that like perspective as well though. Yeah. Um I I've been nothing but uh positive about the sound design in this show up to now. This is the first time I'm gonna say I think it went overboard. I think it took away from some of this stuff. I think the bug noises got to be a little bit too much this episode. I feel like they were either too loud or used in the wrong times or spaces. It was like distracting and I feel like it didn't work this time. Hmm. In the front half of the episode. Like there were scenes where they were at the school and they were inside and there's loud as hell bug noise and I was just like this I think they're just like steering too much and like well this is the thing we do we're the bug noise show so like I, it didn't it didn't feel like um immersive like it always has before I don't th- I don't think I noticed that I didn't notice any bug noises when they were inside uh I did just hit my mic but I also did just notice um like there when the scene where Oscar like sits down angrily the 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 like Angry slamming noises last a little bit too long was where I do yeah. consciously think, what is she doing? Right, Because <laughs> yeah. it's off screen, but it's just uh-huh. a lot of, like, banging noise. Like, she's, like, really struggling to put her chair in the right spot. And I'm just like, it ran just a little bit too long. Hey, everybody. Uh, weird thing this episode. Chris's audio just kind of cuts off for some reason at this point in our conversation. Uh, and I we did have a backup recording, but it only stays on the server for seven days and we recorded this like two weeks ago before uh the winter holidays um so unfortunately you don't get to hear us uh gush for another 15 minutes about how much we loved this episode but i think a lot of our important conversation points have already been hit in this first chunk uh so what i'm gonna do is stitch together some of my audio for some of the talking points we had it will unfortunately be one-sided uh and then i will come back after that to uh to do chris's plugs for them so um sorry about that uh but then should (laughs) we'll sit out the backup saved ahead of time uh, in case anything happens like this again
So uh, thanks for listening. Here's some jumble of my half of the rest of the conversation. That's the thing. It's like with Ray, I don't know what is and isn't selling it. Like, and maybe that's like, maybe I'm giving the show too much credit that I don't know how a character is like genuinely supposed to act because they don't act like a human being. But like, I agree with your, your, your point of view. Like, I don't think she sold it. And I'm like, I don't know what her selling it looks like. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's like, and it's also glossed over because very quickly it becomes, you know, Shinji scene again. But I don't know. Yeah, it's, it, it could have been one or the other. I was wondering, cause like, uh, as you said that, I was like, did Ray make a single noise when she was like melted <laughs> by Ramiel? Because <laughs> I don't think she did. I, th- I That's the thing. It's like, yes, I think she could have probably made it a larger pain noise, but also this is Ray we're talking about. So I don't know. It's it's 17 episodes of baggage stacked up and all fucking knocked down at once. That, yeah, that's the thing, too, because, like, he had this relationship with Masato and, like, and, like, she, I don't even know how she would have handled this situation because she does care about people a little bit more. Um, Shinji included, Toji included, no clue how she, how she would have handled this, but I think it's, it's very, very, very well done that Gindo is the one that pushes him over that limit and, uh, takes his agency even further out of the situation and... And yeah, it's just, it's, I've been talking about it for an hour about how well done it is, but. So here, Chris must have asked about how much damage the Eva needed to be stopped. Uh, the infected Eva. I I think, I think we intentionally, I think we intentionally don't know enough about the Eva's for that. Uh, but I, I do think, yeah, like it stops moving after he cracks its neck might have been fine like there's a lot of things that might have been fine before the entry plug was literally snapped into because that's the thing they, they don't even like there's no subtlety about i don't know if this damage will affect the entry plug we we see it take it out and snap it like there is there is no vagueness there that's the thing I, that that's why it's so similar to it going berserk in the in the first few episodes because it just seems to just destroy with with no like logic behind it because like we as the as the, as the viewer and Shinji as the pilot and and presumably everyone at Nerve would know there is no reason to touch the entry plug. Is is this not well? This this is I think the peak of Gindo's Machiavellian bullshit in this show. But I also think like is this not the first field test of the dummy plug? He would want to know how far it's going to go and how it acts. He smiles. He smiles when it starts to tear the shit out of the other angel. Because assumably he's like, cool, we did it, we're done. We, we cracked the code. This thing we're gonna, is going to kill anything it, it sees, which means we never have to worry about an angel again. Maybe, I don't know. There's like, how, like what, six episodes left of this show. <laughs> I, th- I think we've touched on everything that really got me that I thought was like, it's just extremely well done. And it's like, it's, it's it, again, like it's just a really good like, payoff for a lot of things that spiraled forward and there's still a lot of things that have been set up that haven't been touched but i think now that we have seen again like the peak of gendo's machiavellian bullshit i think i think that is a really good catalyst for the last third of this show where we figure out what is nerve doing because this is this is the end of one of their plans what is to come
Okay, that's it. Thanks for listening to my weird art project I had to do at the end of this episode. Uh, but I will I will now do the plugs. You can follow Chris on Twitter at Topher Disgrace. Uh, he makes a couple other podcasts. You can find him in uh, bio, pin tweet, and such. Uh, you can find myself on the social media at Ghost of Joe, Ghost of J. Oh, I make a couple other podcasts that you can find on the same podcast network as this one, theorangegroves.com. I recommend going there, finding something new. Uh, And you can also support The Orange Groves uh, on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash The Orange Groves, or the website, you can click that donate button, uh, and donating can get you some some audio that is cut from episodes. In the last episode, I got like 16 minutes of Chris and I talking about Star Wars before we had seen uh, the last one, so we were hopeful, there was joy in our hearts, Um, and now we'll never talk about Star Wars ever again. Uh, that's probably not true because we still very much like certain things about it. Uh, but yeah, I think that's it for this episode. Um, so we'll be back in two weeks with uh, the next one. Thanks for listening. Um, feels weird saying something about fan service when I'm standing here alone. Um, goodbye. Goodbye.